Rutgers legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Chasing Poker Greatness with your host, Brad Wilson. Welcome, 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 my friend, to another episode of Tactical Tuesday on the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. As always, this is your host, the founder of ChasingPokerGreatness.com, Brad Wilson. I'm joined once again by John. What is happening, sir? How's it going, Brad? We're going to talk about a couple huge folds you made today. You excited? You seem pretty excited. No, not much of a segue there. Just jumping right into <laughs> it. Right? I don't know. These are uh, these folds. Honestly, were shocking to me. That uh, not only that anyone would fold these hands, but especially you, Brad, would fold these hands. Um, so I'm pretty excited to get into it and, and sort of listen to your. Why is re- it shocking that I would be making big folds? Well, well, uh, let me give the listeners an example why these big folds are are not. Uh, a big part of your game um so just to help the listener understand how this episode is going to be structured we're there the main the meat of this episode uh is going to be two hands where uh brad made some uh pretty big folds post-flop but we're just going to preface it with a quick hero call that brad made i guess not too long ago just to you know if you're a first time listener to this pod we just want you to know that you you Brad isn't some super nit that regularly folds aces <laughs> post flop, um, and I, I thought it was important to, to at least have some proof that uh, you know we're not we're not dealing with a total nit here. <laughs> so just to quickly go over the the uh, proof that Brad's not a nit hand, Brad opens a small blind uh, with nine three of spades. Um, I think maybe even that is proof alone that <laughs> <laughs> that you're not that you're not a nit. So anyway, the flop comes, jack, eight, six, uh, Brad checks, big blind checks, uh, the turn is an eight, jack, eight, six, eight, uh, Brad bets half pot, the big blind calls, the river pair, double pairs the board, so it's jack, eight, six, eight, jack, Brad checks, the big blind bets 60% pot, Brad calls with nine high, he has nine, three on jack, eight, six, eight, six, has a 60% pot bet on the river with nine high, and beats uh six seven offsuit that got counterfeited by the board double pairing on the river so a uh, little bit of context for the type of player brad usually is i think this is you know <laughs> i'm less surprised to see brad call the river with nine high than i am to see him fold aces at some point uh post flop so what do we say oh, about in our coaching sessions john about the the knit word what do we say uh, probably not to use it but i did i just no i i just it, it's like a knit is it's something that like i recognize you would use in your language when you're making your private coaching session videos and i i think that like the better framing is always that you're making an exploitable fold because villains are under bluffing in the spot um that's that to me is good framing because i think knit like you think about yourself being a knit probably it has some negative connotations you probably don't want to be a knit right like it probably makes you feel bad Sure, sure. Okay, well, just I'm just trying to use a word that everyone knows. Everyone, I know, I know. I, I'm just. <laughs> this is for the listener too. Like, instead of for thinking about yourself as a knit, if you make a big fold, think of yourself as overfolding as an exploit. 
because the population's under bluffing. And cool. So let's uh, let's look at hand number one. Sure. So Brad's in middle position. This is five ten, no limit, six max cash on ignition. Uh, he opens to twenty five dollars with ace of spades, queen of spades, ace queen suited. The button calls and the big blind three bets to one hundred thirty five dollars. Uh, not too much of a decision here, I think, with Ace Queen of Spades. Uh, probably going to be flatting every single time we flat, and the button also flats. There's now four hundred and ten dollars in the pot. Flop comes Queen Seven Seven Rainbow. Um, I guess maybe slightly relevant that we have a backdoor flush draw, but still a, a really good flop for us nonetheless. Uh, the big blind C bets one hundred and one dollars, so just about a quarter pot. Uh, kind of, do you have any thoughts uh, about the C bet? I, I I know I can't imagine you're folding here, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think we get to fold versus the yeah. quarter quarter C bet three ways with top pair top kicker on queen seven seven. It's just a slam dunk call. We don't. There's no real reason to raise and protect against really anything on such a dry board. Uh, King is like the only card that's less than desirable. Um, the button could have 7x in their range as well. I think that's worthy of discussion that they could flat with some like 7 8 suiteds or 6 7 suiteds or mm-hmm. something like that. I think that we didn't mention that every player in this hand is a reg, which is ah. important. The villain who squeezed out of the big blind is a reg. And so. Yeah, that th- those are really all my thoughts. So we call the 101. There's now $612 in the pot. The turn is six of diamonds. So the board is queen, seven, seven, six. The diamond flush draw. And the big blind goes ahead and rips in his last $896. Ooh. Thoughts here? Ooh, that was a thought. Um, yeah. I kind of saw it coming. They They tanked before they shoved. Like they, they timed down. They, they, they were really thinking about the situation before finding the rip. I think the rip is not normal. I think that typically going to see a lot of like one third sizings here on the turn. The abnormality of it was really what stood out to me. Yeah, I agree that this is a size that I would be really surprised to see as well. I I would expect a lot of checking on this turn, to be honest, from the preflop four better. Um, I think this looks really strong. Three better. Uh, excuse me, the preflop three better. Yeah, I would expect a lot of checking on this on this turn with like his over pairs and his queen X and the hands that are just uh, stab the flop and and are giving up. I don't I, know. Just to go back to the flop. Like just to tie in this action, this jam with the flop action to see bet into two players, um, that you know I think alone is is pretty strong in itself that he didn't uh, that he decided to see bet the flop, and then he's now he's jamming into the player that called with a player left to act on the button. Um, so you know you probably have a pretty strong ranger cognizant that like the button is, is behind you as well. <laughs> this is. I don't know. This is just a really tough spot, I think. I think that you have to ask yourself what hands find this shove. At least this was what I was asking myself. So 
clearly ace king of diamonds king jack of diamonds ace jack of diamonds ace ten of diamonds those hands even maybe eight nine of diamonds that turns uh, an open in straight draw with a flush draw these are the hands that were hopeful villain has right if we call the turn with the ace queen here and it just felt like with those hands they don't find the rip they're more likely to find the one third Mm -hmm. sizing on the turn and then rip rivers Mm -hmm. and i think that's pretty much what the whole hand hinged on was does villain have multiple sizings here i have seven x in my range I think I have two combos. Uh, actually, I have one combo of six, seven suited, the six, seven of clubs, and then two combos of seven, eight suited. So I don't have a ton of seven X. I have quads, one combo of quads. Let's not forget that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I guess, I guess the thing that I really, that really burrowed into my brain was they know I have a queen. It's Espe- like, they, it is very, very likely that I have a queen when I call the flop in the middle. Yeah. And I don't think they expect a queen to fold. Right. And because they know I have a queen and they don't expect a queen to fold, it's just really hard for me to imagine that villain is going to find a lot of bluffs with like ace king of diamonds and ace jack of diamonds. That I guess that was really, you know, it's very, it, it, it sounds maybe oversimplified but like that's just that was the thought process in the moment was like they don't expect me to fold and yet they're jamming anyway right. and i have exactly what they think i have yeah like what would what, what natural hands do this and the only conclusion i could come to was like kings and aces those are really the only hands that make a lot of sense right okay so this that kind of explanation that you just gave sort of reminded me of uh an analogy that you made on an old tactical tuesday where you uh, gave the example of like, hey, we're going to duel right now, and this guy knows what we have, and he's still excited to, you know, whatever, do the sword fight or the gun fight <laughs> that the duel is. Like, you're saying like, he knows I have a queen, and he's jamming anyways. He knows I'm, I'm probably not folding a queen. So, you know, if he's still excited to put money in, what, you know, what kind of range can we assign him now? And, and uh, yeah, that's that's... I don't know. I probably would have thought of all that and then just, or like maybe glossed over that and then still wouldn't have been able to fold top pair, top kicker in a three bit plot anyways. Um, but I think, you know, when you, when you really flesh it out like that, it, it, um, it, it becomes, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say that it becomes a clear fold, but it becomes uh, way more reasonable to fold base queen on the spot. If dude bets 200 on the turn in James river, like he gets my money. Mm-hmm. seven days a week yeah this was yeah it was i mean to be honest it just is greed like greed greed drove the decision of jamming because villain realized i have a king doesn't think i'm capable of folding a king and just is trying to maximize value right here now but i think that lack of patience and discipline kind of hurt them right right so villain jams for 896 into 612 and brad folds we looked at the hands 24 hours later, and the villain shows king of spades, king of clubs, uh, king of spades, king of clubs. I think that probably makes, that's the hand, the value hand that I would expect to see most often, given that we have an ace and, uh, you know, we block top set pocket queens. Um, 
don't yeah. think pocket queens open. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's uh, to me like being able to make those folds or like being able to do that analysis in game is something that I I am really just striving to get better at uh, every day. Is like be, being able to have that super efficient thought process while you know you're looking at three other tables and you you know the money's like actually on the line. I can tell you now that I'm probably way more likely to call with ace queen <laughs> than I am to fold the turn. Um, but yeah, this is definitely like these sorts of folds are, are especially coming from a player like you, I think are, are kind of sort of ins- inspiring, I guess. And, and uh, you know, something that I should, I'm looking to do more often. I appreciate it. I've been in the zone. Confidence levels are high. Catch me in the middle of a downswing and I, I may not be, <laughs> may not be able to fold the ace queen here but yeah. villain still has you know really villain has seven eight suited i think in their range too like as a, a polarized three bet seven eight suited and six seven suited it's not something that we talked about but i do think that villain could have seven x in their range to go along with their kings and their aces right and, right. I, and those hands are likely to find the turn shove as well uh-huh. yeah so anyway that's that's the first hand where I hero folded and then sweated for 24 hours uh, until I got the results as to whether or not I was right or not. And now after the break, we're going to play another hand where I get in another sticky situation. John, do you have any thoughts to the listener about this, this hand number two right after the break? So I said that I would sometimes, I would probably mostly call with ace queen here. The next hand that we're about to talk about is a hand and a situation—a uh, situation where I would never fold the hand that Brad folded. Zero percent of the time, I would make this fold. I, I would happily put all the money in. <laughs> I'm still sort of, uh, honestly, I'm still sort of bamboozled and shocked that <laughs> that you <laughs> somehow clicked the fold button in that hand. Uh, but yeah, uh, let's get into it. It wasn't a happy fold. It wasn't yeah. happy. So, John, you've used neutralized flop leads in the past 24 hours, correct? Yeah, so I got the basically the slide with all the info on it on Friday evening, and yesterday I played a session of uh, 1KNL on Ignition and played one particular pot that I remember where a fish just donks flop turn river into me, and I ended up winning with a hand that I would have folded before looking at the slide, but I ended up winning like a $400 pot instead and the course is $99, so <laughs> definitely paid for itself very, very quickly, and I think that'll be the case for even people that aren't playing as big as 510 No Limit. Like, I think this is a course that will very, very quickly pay for itself given how how much more donking there is at lower stakes, and I think one of the most common questions I see asked in the Greatness Village Slack group is what do donks mean? How do I deal with donk bets? I, I think that's gotta be like in the top three most frequently asked questions you you ought to feel very excited when somebody donks into you because some good things are about to happen you said like you probably don't need anyone to teach the course or like you can just look at the slide and and learn all the info yourself i feel like you brad will have to be there because i am i'm almost sure sure that anybody who looks at the slide won't believe it looking at what they're supposed to do and we'll have to confirm with you that like you didn't make a massive typo somewhere and that this is actually what they're supposed to do because it's pretty shocking the optimal way to deal with fish donking into you on the flop is 
If you'd like to check out Neutralize Flop Leads so that you're never again confused when a fish leads into you in a single raised pot, head to ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash Nuffle. That's ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash N-U-F-F-L-E. And now, back to the show. All right, welcome back from the break where I am still joined by John talking about a hero fold that I recently made in the streets of 510 No Limit on Ignition. John, why don't you set up hand number two for the listener? Sure. So this hand starts uh, with the fish and the small blind. He uh, definitely looks like a fish. He starts the hand with less, just under $800. Uh, he limps the small blind. Brad has aces in the big blinds. Ace of hearts, ace of clubs, uh, the suits do become relevant later in the hand. Brad raises to $40, and the fish in the small blind calls. Go to a queen, nine, seven, all heart flop. Uh, Once again, we do have the ace of hearts. The small blind leads for, or donks for $57.75 into $80. Um, I don't know, Brad, do you have any thoughts on finding a raise here or uh you just calling with aces aces with the ace of hearts i'm calling aces without the ace of hearts i'm calling i'm not raising this is a spot facing flop leads where i consider myself pretty studied after all the research that i've done over this last month so i feel very confident about my ability to make great decisions on future streets with the aces here so no raising for me Uh, i don't think that anybody should really ever raise yeah i like it um so we call the 5775 the turn is a brick it is the five of clubs so the board is now queen nine seven five with three hearts the small blind jams 691 dollars into a pot of 195 dollars uh we have the fish covered man (laughs) i'm just snippity snap calling calling me seven hundred dollars and and counting my money um like, tell me help i me mean explain help me explain <laughs> like what, what you're what you're thinking here well like i said i'm pretty studied in this spot because it because of neutralized flop leads it, i was putting the course together and have been testing it out in the field as well as looking at the data and i can say that like Firstly, there's 200 in the pot. Villains ripping about 3.5x here on the turn. This is a very low-frequency decision by the villain, this turn jam. A lot of times... Yeah, a lot of times it's going to be pot. It's going to be half pot. Sometimes it's like 40% pot. The 3.5x overbet is pretty, pretty rare. And so that's the first thing that kind of came to me was that this does not happen very often and then you know the second part of the equation is do we beat villains value hands which is the most important question to ask i think is what this whole thing hinges on is like does villain just have queen jack with the jack of hearts here or king queen with the king of hearts here queen 10 with the queen of hearts Mm -hmm. something like that or just queen deuce of diamonds like who knows (laughs) villains afraid that of the fourth heart of me like quote unquote sucking out and getting lucky so they just rip rip it all in and 
because of the two factors combined. So factor number one, this is extremely rare and does not happen very often. I have to imagine that in these situations, I don't have to imagine, actually, I, I know that villains do lead a spectrum of top pair, middle pair, straight draw type hands. And so because they do lead queen deuce of diamonds here, or queen jack of diamond, queen jack uh, with the jack of hearts, king queen with the king of hearts, like those hands are reflected in the flop leading data. And if villains were taking this line regularly with those type of hands, I feel like the data would pick it up. Um, it would be something that I could just see. But this sizing is just so, so, so rare. And really, it just becomes a point of like, well, why is this sizing so rare? Because they very rarely have good hands. And that was really just what it boiled down to is like they the sizing is very rare. And are they more likely to find it with a hand like Queen Jack with the Jack of Hearts? I hope not, but I know that the data reflects that they do have those hands in range and they typically don't 3.5 exit. They go pot or 75% pot or something along those lines. Right, right. So that was really what led me to folding the turn. Um, And it was not a happy fold. I was not pleased with villain's decision to jam the turn (laughs) by any stretch. I was very annoyed, Um, but really those are the the data points that I was thinking about when I was making this decision. And I guess I'll throw it back to you and ask your thoughts after the explanation. Um, so I, having not spent as much time with the data, I, uh, as you have, um, I probably would have just thought, uh, along the lines, um, sort of what you said early on about, Hey, like it's so easy for a fish to, overvalue queen x especially if it's queen x with a heart um and you know this sort of like oh i'm I'm gonna go way out of my way to protect you know one pair on a on a wet board is is definitely something that you'd see fish do probably way too often um man and i sort of know what you mean when you say like oh you were like mad that you had to fold this hand in the spot or like you're mad that the fish took the size and i feel like that might have played in a little bit to me wanting to call here um it's uh I, I guess that's like some form of like entitlement tilt, like oh I have aces, like I'm supposed to win this I'm supposed to win this hand, especially versus the fish. Not only do you have aces, you have the ace of hearts too. You got yeah. you got backup. Yeah, like what's the word I can't maybe yeah, like we, we have we have outs, like for sure. Um yeah, I, I just I don't know. I, I saw this fold that I, I I couldn't believe it wasn't a misclick when you when you when you showed it to me. Um question. Do you think you make this fold prior to the neutralized flop leads course? I don't know. It's hard for me to say. I, I don't. I, I think I'm. I'm biased. Come on, man. You're supposed to say no, and I'm supposed to say that's that's why you buy. That's why people. Say, God, I'm throwing you lobs over here. Yeah, I know. This is so. This <laughs> this here. Here's the situation. Like, I think that every person listening to this podcast should buy Nuffle right now. It's not even a question right I, like i i don't even i don't even want to sell it hard because it's such a slam dunk easy 99 dollars. like it pays for itself oh like the feedback that i get from everybody is oh it paid for itself 
in one session. Like this is just like over and over and over and over again. So like basically I'm not even, you know, I don't know if I fold before, but honestly, I I didn't even feel great about folding after Nuffle. Um, (laughs) Just, (laughs) just a very annoying spot. But I mean, when villains, especially recreational players find low frequency actions, you have to think, you know, because they don't just have one option here. They don't just have one sizing. They have 50%. They have 70%. They pot have pot very often. And so when they find this shove, you got to ask yourself, like, what type of hands are they finding this shove with when they have other available options? And, like, really, it just boiled down to I think they're going to have 6-8, which is a turn straight, and I think they're going to have flushes. I just can't imagine calling 700 to win 900 and having enough equity here. Like we really need to beat, we really need to beat some of villains value. And I just don't know that we do. Wow. Uh, Even after talking about this hand, even after you telling me that these three and a half X pot turn shelves are so low frequency, we can probably just fold anything that's not a flush or the nuts here. I am just, I'm still so paranoid that I'm beating some of their value that I, <laughs> I don't know if I've, I'm able to make this fold, but um, should we go to the reveal and, and tell the listener what? Yeah, go for it. So yeah, so Brad finds the <laughs> insane fold with an overpair in the nut flush draw and the small blind, the fish, shows us 5-4 of hearts for a flopped flush on queen 9-7 of hearts. <sighs> I mean, yeah, that's... I don't know. That fold is still just unreal to me. Let's uh, let's be totally results oriented here and celebrate the fold. Yeah, um, yeah. Villain uh, <laughs> shows me queen ten uh, with a ten of hearts, and this hand was would probably get locked at a trunk somewhere and never shown to anybody. <laughs> in in my defense, though, I did show you the hand before I knew the results. Yeah. yeah. So actually, uh, just like for the listener and Brad's defense, totally, he showed the ace queen hand and the ace's hand before he knew the results. Um, and I posted them in the Slack community too. And I very publicly said that I would have called both times <laughs> <laughs> happily, or maybe not the ace queen one, but this one I would have called happily. Uh, well then hopefully we don't have too many more tactical Tuesdays on hero folds. They hurt my heart. I don't love folding. I hate folding. As a matter of fact, like before we close out here, we did database reviews just the other day. And like my fold to flop C bet was it, it, it like almost doesn't happen. I almost don't fold the flop C bets. Yeah, it was like one, it was around 1%, I think. 1% of the total hands that I play. So it's not, it's not total 1%, gotcha. but it's, I, do, I don't love folding. That's the, the moral of the story is I don't. And that's why these hands were worthy of tactical Tuesday discussion. Thank you very much for listening. Me and John will catch you next week. Peace out.